0: feel about noise or sound. Like I'm a person who generally likes silence. And there are times in the day when any kind of loud noise feels really disruptive to me. I guess I guess it's just how I experience sound in that moment. Now there are times and themes to how we experience sound according to A Book of Noises. That's the title actually. It's written by our next guest, Casper Henderson, a multi award winning writer and author who joins us now. Casper, thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Simi. Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Is there a difference, Casper, between sound and noise?
1: Well, people typically use those words with different associations. So sound maybe is the more general word, and maybe noise has more specific meanings. Two of those meanings would be noise is sound we don't like, we don't want. And of course, it also has a a semi-technical meaning in sense of kind of uh, the stuff that gets in the way of information so, uh, people do use the words in different ways, but we also use them sometimes for the same thing and in fact, that's something I've chosen to do at least in the book that you mentioned.
0: all right, well, tell me about that how do you divide up sounds
1: well you you don't have to divide them up anyway, but if you do um i mean you if you're exploring the kind of the range of sounds there are are in in the human world and beyond the human world um Uh, One way to think of it is maybe in a few different categories. You have the sounds that humans make. That could be anything from beautiful music to noise pollution. You've got the uh, sounds of non-human life, um, biophony, some people call it. And you've also got the sounds on Earth which are made by non-living things, so thunder or volcanoes. And then, in fact, there's also sound outside the Earth system. Obviously, uh, empty space cannot... um, Transmit sound, but uh, wherever there's matter of sufficient density, you do have acoustic waves. So in fact, the sun is very noisy inside, and there are astroseismologists studying what's going on in the sun by looking at those acoustic waves.
0: That's so interesting, because I always thought space was silent. You're always told that it's silent.
1: A vacuum is silent, but sound waves, acoustic waves, will travel where there's agitation where there's energy passing through uh, matter of of sufficient density, and that's that's inside the sun as I mentioned and in other other systems, other planets have sounds a, a couple of years ago um the NASA rover on Mars recorded the sound of the wind there so there's there you could there is it's a faint sound it's gentle compared to sound on earth because the atmosphere is very thin, but it's definitely sound.
0: Well, let's talk about a little more detail of some of these categories you mentioned here. Um, Biophony, you talked about the sounds of life. How would you describe that?
1: Well, so this term biophony comes from a wonderful American rock musician and and, uh, soundscape ecologist, Bernie Krauser, who wrote a marvelous book called The the Great Animal Orchestra. And uh, there are sounds everywhere on Earth uh, made by living systems. Um, there's this quite old and completely wrong idea that the seas are silent uh, this goes back I think to Jacques Cousteau a French um, diver and, and cameraman in the 1950s and he talked about the silent seas but in fact the seas are full of noise of, of life coral reefs are full of all kinds of noises made by fish and 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 other organisms um, on land obviously you've got uh well, back in the sea, you've also got, among many other things, the, the, the whale song and the eco-location from Toothed Whales. Um, you've got a very rich soundscape. On, and on land, we have an endless, almost endless, almost infinite uh, richness of sonic beauty. Um, and on a good day, if it's not drowned out by traffic, maybe you can hear some of it.
0: That's so true. No, but that's also a different type of sound, right? I guess, would you classify the sound of traffic as the sound of life?
1: Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's it's um, obviously cars are not alive, but um, the people driving them certainly are, and they're just, in a way, just extensions of our bodies. But, um, I mean, I think, you know, we can make a distinction between non-human life and, and human life here. Um, I, I haven't come across a whale driving a car recently, but uh, um, sure. I mean, really, the thing about noise, I think, often is it, it's unwanted sound, um, and uh, that maybe is a helpful way to think of it. Um, noise pollution is is sound that is causing damage on land, maybe to humans, but also in the oceans. Um, Human activity is is causing enormous damage to life in the ocean. Things like seismic surveys for oil are very, very loud in the ocean. So it's not just just city-growing people who are bothered by cars, who are bothered by, by noise pollution. Animals in the sea are too.
0: That's an interesting way to look at it. So the sounds being more natural, noise perhaps being more human created?
1: You could put it that way. Um, I mean, you know, as I said, I just go with this, uh, you know, the music, the music maybe that you don't like, uh, that might be noise to you, but maybe it's something I like. I mean, I don't know, Simi, maybe you like death metal. I'm guessing you don't, but perhaps if you do, <laughs> and maybe I don't like death metal. Uh, and You know, your music is my noise, right? Um, so, Very true.
0: Let's talk about some of the sounds, though, in, in particular Important questions
1: about what's good for us.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of the sounds in particular. Like you've got a couple examples here that I want to go through. The, For instance, the sounds of from the Milky Way. Let's have a listen to this. Is that what we imagine we hear out there?
1: Well, yeah, there's a little bit of a cheat going on here because, in fact, this is a what's called a sonification. So um, some scientists and musicians working at NASA, again, have taken uh, data. In this case, they've taken a beautiful photograph of the central area of our Milky Way, and they've translated the image into different. So you've got different kinds of, in this case, electromagnetic wave, you've got X-rays, you've got gamma rays, you've got visible light, infrared. And they're choosing different instruments to represent those different sounds according to how they're distributed in the picture. Maybe that's a bit, bit much information for this time in the morning. No. but basically <laughs> it's a sound picture.
0: I was going <laughs> to say it's the opposite. Picture. We love hearing about stuff like this, Casper. This is great.
1: Uh, and it's it's a, it's a way of seeing it. I mean, and it puts me in in, in my mind. There's a there's a um, an incredible jazz musician named uh, Keith Jarrett. Um, and he, one of the things he, he said one time was, uh, think of your ears as eyes. And what sonification does is it, it turns um, what, you know, what you see in this case into what you can hear. And it can help people, actually. It does help astronomers to, um, to really look into their data in more detail and to notice patterns maybe they didn't see before.
0: Well, let's talk about the sounds of life here, too. I think we have an example of that. Mm. Ah. No, I think that's beautiful. That's a humpback whale.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might have thought it was a cow on a a kazoo or something, but no, it's (laughs) a a humpback whale. So uh, back in the 1970s, um, Roger Payne and some other marine biologists, they... They were the first people, incredibly, it's only like uh, 50 to 60 years ago now, but they to really w- work out and, and well, first to, to get hold of the recordings made by the military, but then to work out that the whales are not just making weird, random sounds, but very highly organized songs, which break down into sections, which are repeated with variation. And um, this is one of the things that led to a, a huge change in in the way we regarded whales and life in the sea. Um, the recording you actually played is more recent. Um, the technology has got better and in many ways, you know, the quality of that recording is better, but maybe it's not as, as quite as magical as those recordings from the early 1970s.
0: I guess the difference is, are we doing better at learning to listen?
1: Uh, well, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, um, that's, I think, a lifelong struggle, right? Um, and it's, it is certainly true that um, Scientists and researchers and others are making available to more and more of us uh more many more sounds than we knew before were present in nature, so for example, extraordinary um, noises that uh, little little insects called tree hoppers make and they make an incredible variety of sounds so if we choose to listen and pay attention there's there's so much more to be appreciative of it's also the case of of course that uh the more that is um, we notice and measure in the non-human world, the more we can see that uh, a lot of that natural environment is being disturbed, degraded, emptied out of the sonic richness that it, it had until very recently. So if we're aware of that, maybe, maybe that can be a step towards, um, you know, taking more effective action to some of that beauty.
0: Right. Well, thanks for explaining it to us this morning, Casper. Appreciate your time.
1: Okay, thank you so much for having me.
0: That's Casper Henderson. Casper is a multi-award winning writer, author of A Book of Noises. Certainly helps you to put all of that sound of life around you in more perspective.